0: 2074, the award-winning podcast. Ferg, i the freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew RLP. And join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Going all right, Andrew, the real deal, Ferguson. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing all right. Yeah, pretty chilled, pretty chilled. Yeah. I heard you had a big announcement during the week. Announcement? Yeah, so, oh, I'm pregnant. No, 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 no. um... With yeah, no, the uh, Rugby League Project website, has been working in conjunction with League Unlimited this year, and we've put out our combined Rugby League annual for 2021, which is um, it's got a lot more season 2021 content in it than the one that we had last year, which was basically just reviews of clubs. This one's actually got match reports from every NRL game that was played this year, um, ton of extra stats, some great articles by a Ferguson, the Freaks' very own James Smith. Got an article in there about the Panthers and their premiership. Mm-hmm. Um, an article in there from uh, Steve Mascord about the Super League War. Uh, he's written a book about it, so just plug in that a little bit. Um, our very own Dr. P- Alan Pearce. He's mm-hmm. got an article in there as well. Um, and some dickhead called Andrew Ferguson's got a piece in there about the Salary Cup, which we did an episode on. Yeah. Um,
1: I feel like we did 17 episodes on the salary card. You probably have. <laughs> um,
0: so, yeah, it's great, uh, a great great uh, concept that I came up with mm-hmm. um, because, you know, that's just what I do is great concepts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, yeah, you can go to the Rugby League Project website. It's on the home page. You can view it for free. Um, it's a bit of an honor system. We've given you something for free. It'd be nice if you could just toss a coin to us every month on The Patreon that'd be fantastic. So, you go to org, you get the annual for free.
1: You yep. have a look at it. So much great work by some great people. It's the second annual that's been put out. This is going to be obviously a yearly thing for the rest of your life.
0: For the rest of my life, yes, yeah, yeah. So, and six years in my son's life, I'm going to be I mean, already started working on maths with him. Sure, he's only eight months old, mm-hmm. but uh, he needs to know stats because this is going to be my legacy that he is going to be burdened with. Yes. Um, You know, hard work, buddy, but, you know, stiff shit, it's the way it is. That's why I have kids to crush the hopes and dreams. Under That's exactly education. right. That's right. Yeah. So, so you know, and he then, doesn't, I don't need to waste my any of my money on his education. No. Nah. I'll teach him stats and how to input data on the website. He's got to just run the rest. It'll be fine. It's great. Yeah. Um. Now,
1: the place to go. <laughs> Is patreon.com forward slash RL project and people can sign up for as little as a dollar a month. It's as little as a dollar a month. That's fantastic. And, you know, great rugby league project. It's just a fantastic website. I think it's the most well known website in the
0: whole rugby league sphere. I oh, know there's this one called leaguefreak.com, which is we've been battling with for a long time. Oh, I can't battle with that, man. So that's a conglomerate.
1: Why don't you just battle with Apple next time or Google, please? <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> okay. sorry, go. On. No, no, that's that's fine. You, you, you're right. I was going to say we, you know, we we went for the we went for the uh, the top dog too early. We should have worked our way up there. Got to aim high. That's what I reckon. That's right. Um, anyway, so we've
1: got we're going to do. Well, last week we went through the halves of each NRL team in 2022, and today we're going to go through the fullbacks of each club.
0: Yes, yes. Um, and obviously some clubs have got more fullbacks than others. Yeah. It's, a, it's either brilliant or stupid, but we'll uh, we'll go through each club and find out which is worse and which is best. Um, should we just go through the clubs alphabetically like we did last time? Yeah, let. how about we go alphabetically but back to front? Okay, so we'll get the uh, whinging out of the way early? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, it's not really whinging. So first is the West Tigers then. Um, Dane Laurie. Kids a gun. He really is. He really
1: is. And the, the way that he, like, added so much to their attack last year when he was in the side, it was just, you know, I always had big r- raps on him from when I first saw him in reserve grade. And, you know, there just wasn't the space at Penrith, unfortunately, for him. But it didn't mean he was a bad player. Like, he went straight to that West Tigers team and made them better. Do you think...
0: There wasn't a spot for him at Penrith. Look, okay. I, if you're looking at Dane Laurie now and the Penrith squad now, yeah, would you move anyone in that Panther side to get Dane Laurie in there? Dylan Edwards in a heartbeat.
1: But I will say this: I everything I saw of Dane Laurie, I felt like he was a five-eight, and I felt like playing him at fullback was his second position that he could possibly cover. I think the way that he took to fullback full time at the West Tigers that even surprised me a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I would swap him for Dylan Edwards today.
0: Yeah, he's. Um, I, I've got to say, I think he's highly underrated as a fullback. Mm, mm. You don't hear too many people talk about him, but yeah, his ball playing ability, he's the the nouse of him to know where those gaps are going to open up and to make sure he's in the right spot. Um, that's pretty impeccable. That that's not a skill that you get taught. That's an instinct thing, and um, he's pretty good in that area. The, yeah, the they... Tigers struggled big time when he was when he missed a few games last year through injury. Um, yeah, he's he's the first pick in that team every week. Yeah, not like, I mean, what a steal
1: to pick him up, and they picked him up late, of course, but um, as you do.
0: Yeah, you, you only start <laughs> recruitment in January. Mate, but, they, they, they don't have Boxing Day sales in Easter, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's all there, <laughs> Yeah,
1: a really good play. They don't have to worry about that fullback position as long as he stays injury-free. That's the only thing.
0: Yeah. Um, and that, that's where the problem comes, I guess, is if he does get injured, then who do they put in there to replace him? Um, and it's probably going to have to be Adam Dewey. I don't think there's anyone else who's played enough fullback that has the ball-playing ability that's required of a modern fullback these days. And Dewey has played a little bit of fullback. Yeah. I Um, And besides, that's the only position left that he hasn't been taken away from. It hasn't been taken away from him yet, so... All right. But I I wonder if they're thinking of...
1: If they are thinking of playing him in the pack, say, at lock, and I don't know where they're going to play him. Like, it just... It's a mystery at the moment. But if they have said, look, we're going to play you at lock... He might have put on the extra weight where it makes it difficult for
0: him to play fullback, but we'll wait and see on that. I think they'll make him a centre. Yeah. Because you've, you've got Hastings. He'll, if they're smart, they'll put Hastings at six, because then he can just park himself on the left side, put Dewey at centre on the other side, and then automatically you've got two good ball players either side of the field. You don't need Luke Brooks to do as much anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Then you've got Luciano Lallua. And if they're smart, I'll put Peachy in the back row. And you can have those on either side as well. Then you've got two very unique line runners and ball players out wide as well to join those two centers. And those two 5'8s essentially is what they are. Um, all of a sudden you're looking and going, the Tigers are actually fine with their edge attack. Everything mm-hmm. else is shit, but their edge attack is, <laughs> is pretty bloody solid. Hey, did you see that Sean Bloor's out for the year? Yeah, that's devastating. That is, man. That's awful. Awesome. That kid is He's, uh, you know, raw talent, and to see him just dog dogboy injury again, and that's that's rough. Yeah, yeah, I was I was very sad when I saw that. Yeah, that was the, I think the Tigers also lost one of their centres for the season as well in, in the off-season training. I feel like they did too, but I can't remember who it is. Yeah, which might be a reason why they brought Stafford Tower over. Yeah. I mean, he's a very good young uh, centre as well. So I don't know what they do with him, but he's very good. If I had my way, I'd put Toa on the wing and send Nofaluma to reserve grade. But, you know, that might upset a few Tigers fans.
1: Can you imagine Nofaluma, how he'd handle that? I'd bet he oh,
0: bitch and moan and suck about it for fucking nine years. <laughs> yeah. You know what? He's the only player the Tigers have signed for four seasons as well. Who locks <laughs> down a winger for fuck's sake? <laughs> I
2: know,
0: right? Jesus Christ. Anyway. <laughs> I'm starting I'm starting to vent already. Season has started. Let's move on. This is great. <laughs> um, next one, the uh, Warriors. I dare say their fullback's gonna be Reese Walsh.
1: Yeah, I can't I can't imagine that they're gonna move him out of that position with how well he played. And like we talked about it last week, how much pressure was on his shoulders. Um, you know, everyone was saying that two of us are Sheck when he said, Oh, you know what, I'll move out of the fullback spot I'll play over on the wing for a million dollars a year and let the young bloke have all of the pressures of playing fullback Oh, what a wonderful gesture that
0: was. <laughs> but uh, he, he handled it. Yeah. Like he really handled the rollboat at uh, at fullback there, Rhys Walsh. Um, the handy thing, too, is if they need another fullback, they've got Dallin Martini Zalesniak there. I know he's not playing that great anymore, but he can handle playing fullback if they get an injury there. So they're they're pretty well covered in that area, which is good. How is is it to think that D.W.Z. Like what was it
1: three years ago? He played that test match. Mm. He was just a he looked like a monster. He looked like man. If this is the player he's going to be, the NRL needs to look out. And now, like I could I could see them running out in round one, and he's not even in their top seventeen.
0: Well, they've lost they've lost a fair bunch of players, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the wing. Mm. Well, actually, you'll probably be fullback in round one because I think Reese Walsh is still suspended for another game. So I
2: wouldn't
0: be surprised he's fullback and then he moves to the wing. Um, but the worries are a bit light on in the back five, mm-hmm. the talents. So I think DWZ should be safe, but uh, he needs to pull his finger out this year. He's he been really coasting safe. for a bit too long. He's going to end up playing at Featherston if he's not careful or getting picked up by the West Tigers. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Take your pick. It's <laughs> not a good situation either way. Um, the Roosters, James oh, Tedesco.
1: Yeah, they're fine. Hey, you know what? I was really impressed with how he played last year in that I was, season.
0: You know what? I was, I'm staggered that he, he didn't get more praise for it given the, all the experienced players. They just fell down around him through mm-hmm. injuries, which just, you know, they're unavoidable. But, yeah, he lost Josh Morris, Brett Morris, Jake Friend, Boyd Cordner. And Dale Copley retired also at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That's a lot that went down. And he's throwing that Kiri went missing after just three games. Um, Victor Radley, he missed 10 games through suspension. Tedesco was the glue that held that whole team together, and they still finished fifth. And that's a team that only managed to win more than two games in a row once last year. Yeah,
1: and they the thing is, too, he showed that he it wasn't about who was around him. Like, he could still do it himself. Yeah. And, you know, that's a—that's when you know you're at a different level of a player. When he can, you know, sometimes you look at some players and you think, oh, you know, how would they go with this play? It's like the old, uh, the classic one with Steve Menzies. It was like, well, when Cliff Lyons retires, Steve Menzies is he's stuffed. But Menzies showed that when Cliffy retired, he was still a fantastic player, you know. Um, yeah. Tedesco did that last year, and it's just about everyone else uh, lifting their game up to his. The good thing is that if he ever goes out injured, they can slot Manu there at fullback,
0: and <laughs> Manu's fantastic himself. He's a freak. Mm. He would walk be a walk-up start fullback at nearly any other club in the NRL
1: yeah and i like I think that uh they really had to pay him good money to keep him there because i I think he knew that
0: yeah oh he's he's definitely got to be on fullback money mm. yeah he's he is richly good money um who have we got here next souse um mm. so Latrell mitchell would i dare say, still going to be the fullback yeah unless oh, there's a few options there they could given that they never really properly replaced uh, Adam Reynolds, if they want, I'd, and this is what I think they'll do, if they want to do they could move Cody Walker to halfback and Latrell Mitchell to six. That mm-hmm. way you don't lose the explosive ball running that you get at six. And Walker is experienced enough to know how to direct the team around. Yeah. But I think Latrell is best served at the fullback where he can come into the an attacking play late and a bit wider. And just destroy opposition's, um, you know, one-on-one defenders, which are your your wingers and your centers. Um, he can just destroy them. And young Blake Taff or Taffy, we've got to figure out what how do I pronounce his surname. Taffy, Taffy, <laughs> to- Toffee. Um, I dare say they'll, they'll make him the halfback, only because usually when it comes to getting a rookie to fill in a halfback, it. it it struggles to bear fruit for a while because it's a lot of pressure put on a young player. Mm. But if you're a young halfback and you've got Cody Walker at six, Damian Cook at nine and Latrell Mitchell at one, you're fine. You should you should be able to at the very least
1: coast a little bit. Because yeah. so, so many other players are taking up the pressure that would normally be on you. I don't know about playing uh to fair at uh at halfback though because it feels a little Aiden
0: Caesar-ish. It probably does, but at the same time, if you move Walker or Mitchell mm-hmm. out of their preferred roles yeah. to accommodate one player, then you're weakening essentially three positions just to yes. accommodate one player, and that's a very West Tigers thing to do, which, <laughs> just as a reminder, doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work at all. But yeah, like um,
1: the thing about Latrell, which is really weird, is just when he's getting to that point of a season where it's like we've all got to take notice of what is happening here because he's starting to be devast he's starting to be so good it's devastating to opposition teams. He either gets injured or he smashes Manu's face into about fifteen <laughs> different pieces. And if he can just have a season where that doesn't happen, it would be interesting to see how he carries that form going into the final series.
0: Yeah, he just he just needs to channel that aggression. Just yeah, you know, mar- just slightly marginally better. Mm. Doesn't have to wipe it out. The aggression is good. Um, just got to make it um, better directed. Isn't it
1: um, interest? Isn't it interesting that people want him to be a model citizen? And, and when I say that, I mean in terms of the football side of things. They want him to be, uh, the, you know, the Benji, almost a Benji Marshall sort of universally loved player, and he's not that person as term in terms of being a football player, and people are, kind of get angry that he is not that person on
0: the footy it's, field, and I kind weird. of like it. It's weird though, isn't it? Because I think obviously there's. there's uh, Newsflash. There's racists in Australia. Okay. Yes. Yes. And because he's been, you know, vocal and very proud of his uh his Aboriginal ancestry, as he should be, mm-hmm. um, you know, the racists don't like it. Mm-hmm. And a bit of this, you know, attitude that's directed towards him comes from those fucking morons. Yeah. And that sort of just spews out to you know the white some of the wider community and yeah you know follically challenged journalists that are rather white pick <laughs> up on that and decide to run a whole heap of fucking smear campaigns. Yeah, no, I'm not, just, I'm not. I'm not saying the follically challenged journalists are, are racist. No, I'm just saying I'm just saying they're fucking idiots. Yes. Yeah. Probably racist too. But- Probably. <laughs> But the
1: thing is that it's, you know, it's it's like there's an angry disappointment amongst some people yeah. that he isn't who they want him to be, and that's the thing of like he is him. He needs to just be him, and however that is. And I'm not talking about away from the footy field. You never hear a bad thing about him away from the footy field, but on the footy field, he's in. He's a bit different from Greg Inglis because Greg Inglis was. He had the same physically imposing ability, but he was almost like he did it in almost like a uh sociopathic way in terms of like it was just this uncaring monster that would destroy everyone a he's a bit, <laughs> let's that, he's, a bit like not, he's a
0: nonchalant about it all he's just sort of very casual like, everyone remembers that hit that English put on um Dean Young oh yeah, just destroyed his entire you know facial region and he's just put his teeth through his neck pretty much. Yeah. Um and I mean that hit was so so savage that they changed the shoulder charge law pretty much on the spot after it. That's that was the breaking point there. Um poor cho- poor choice of words, sorry Dean. But uh he <laughs> was English was not one to talk too much. No, he was like an element. Yeah, and so people were inclined to just uh just except before what he was, because he, he didn't speak much. So you couldn't mm. make much of an opinion of him. Mm. But Latrell's, he's outspoken. Mm. But for all the right reasons, as far as I'm concerned, I've got, I, I, I like Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, so
1: do I. I. I love watching him play. And I love it when, I love seeing him
0: fire up. I really I love, do. Likewise. What I don't like is him being suspended because then I don't get to watch him play. Yeah, same here, same That's, here. That's all I want him to do. Fix it up so you don't get suspended, and then you're fucking perfect. Exactly. <laughs> I'll support. I'll support you the whole way to I Love <laughs> your work. Because he's he's one of those freakish. You know, every now and then you get one of those freakish players who can just be an absolute point scoring freak. Mm-hmm. And obviously going to South took that away because um, he wasn't on the on one side of the field getting fed great ball from Cooper Cronk or uh, Luke Keary. And having star players all around him, and just being able to destroy teams. And then, you know, obviously the Roosters were the best team in the comp. So being the goal kicker, he could rack up a ton of points every season. You not know, getting that opportunity at South because Reynolds was doing all the goal kicking and um, Alex Johnson was scoring all the tries. Yeah. Yeah. But it just, it did take a bit of the pressure. You didn't have to worry about the point scoring matter. He could just focus on being a better fullback because he didn't get a chance to do that really all that much of the Roosters. And, I think he's a he's an absolute gun of a fullback. Yeah,
1: I, I like. It, it'd be hard to pick the Australian team without Tedesco at fullback. But if Tedesco wasn't available, I mean, then you've got Tommy Turbo. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd I'd have Mitchell over Turbo. Uh,
0: I'd have I'd have to have Latrell in the side, but I'd I'd have Turbo over over Latrell.
1: I I think just. He's, yeah, I think you'd have a better team with Turbo at the back and then Luttrell in the side. But if we just go and like, say, pick your top fullbacks, that, like, you've got to win a game tomorrow and you've got these fullbacks, you can't pick Tedesco, I think I'd have Luttrell over Turbo. I think Luttrell is a...
0: Uh, I just put Latrell in the centres. I, I can't leave I can't leave Tommy out of the side. I, I can. But Last year was one of those seasons that you do not get to see very often by a player anywhere. Yeah, But people were saying, or you know, trying to compare, you know, we're going to get to Mealing, but um, people are trying to compare Tommy Turbo's season to that breakout season that Ben Barber had. What was it, 2004 or something? Four, yeah.
2: Four, five,
0: four. It's got to be. Turbo shat on Barber's season. Yeah, it was way better. By oh, a fucking mile. He played 18 games, scored 28 tries, now 28 tries this. That's fucking nuts. Only yeah. one player had more tries than him for the year, and only one player had more tries than him for the year. 18 games. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, st- I still want. I still prefer Mitchell. I that's think- fair
1: enough. I th- uh, yeah, that's just my opinion. And I'm not even arguing about, you know, if someone else picked her, I'd say, yeah, I get it, man.
0: Now, the next one's going to be a bit tricky because it's the Dragons. Who's their fullback, you reckon?
1: It's that young <laughs> bloke. What's his name? Um Tyrell Sloan. I think that's it. Yeah. He came into the side partway through the year, looked all right. Um, uh,
0: they're going to struggle, though, if he gets injured.
1: Yeah, I don't know who'd be that fullback after
0: him at all. I
1: just, they've, Hopefully they've got someone. But I like the look of him. He, looked, uh, he, he was looking for the ball, which is good, and that's very important for a young fullback. And, you know, in a in a badly beaten side, he just looked like he had a little bit of something. It's going to be interesting to see how he goes when he's got, you know, a full season under his belt um, and when the game slows down for him. I, I think he could be a good long-term option for them.
0: He's going to have to be. I, I still can't believe they got rid of Dufty. I know the media made a whole heap of stories about, oh, you know, these are the reasons why Dufty wasn't picking. I looked at it all and went, that's half bullshit. And
1: half stupid. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, like if I was the Dragons, I'm thinking we don't have to worry about fullback Keep him. Yeah. You know? But it's the
0: Dragons. It was nuts. I can't believe they let it. I've got no issue with all the other players they let go. I can't believe they let Dufty go. That's the yeah. one they needed to hang on to. It was stupid. Yeah, I agree. But hey, they got Jack DeBellin and Aaron Woods. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> picking sweet. up. Imagine getting Aaron Woods in 2022. Jeez. Oh, my God. And the thing is, they lost so many players and didn't make too many signings that mm-hmm. he will walk in to the, to that starting 17. Yeah. Imagine, was it that that uh, last two seasons that Paul McGregor had the the Dragons? Mm-hmm. And they had arguably one of the best forward packs in the competition. Yep. Now look at them.
1: It didn't take long, did it? It's... um. Part of me wonders with the dragons if you know the new coach got there and they had a look at what they all had, and they said, "Look, we need to tear this completely apart just in terms of salaries before we can rebuild it again um because at, at the moment it looks like it looks terrible and but and I'm willing to give Griffin the benefit of the doubt and time because his record is
0: very good as a coach. Um but, but I if, mean let's be honest, he lost complete control of that team last year. They went fucking rogue on him and he did nothing to, to, to rectify it.
1: Yeah. It it's I mean, you and me thought he was great signing as the coach. I, I don't know. If this is halfway through his rebuild of
0: the club, it's at a rough point. That's what I'll say. Yeah, it's messy looking. Yeah. You know, I know I said it before and you, you might think I was joking, but Moses and Byers not a bad signing because what they need is someone who is a good boy off the field, essentially. Yeah. And buys is that sort of person. And he's got that sort of personality that other players are drawn to. And so mm-hmm. if he can get them to be better behaved off the field, you'd want to hope that that is, you know, repeated on the field as well. But that's the only reason why you bring someone like him in there. You, sometimes you just need to have one of those – good guys who everyone sort of gravitates towards yeah. to get a good culture starting up because, you know, things went sour there last year. They really did. I wonder if sometimes you can,
1: I mean, you can build some of that through your coaching staff and your trainers and things like that, just general people around the club, rebuilding a club's culture. But there is something to be said about, it being one of the players and one of their peers, you know, and yeah. and you and may have talked about by, and you saw it in that documentary last year at the West Tigers. He seems like a really nice bloke, um, somebody that's easy to be around and stuff like that as a footballer. He's not a first grader, hasn't been for years, but you know, you, you might be right. Maybe that is part of why they brought him on board and looked stick him in the side. They're not going to win the title this year. They won't make the finals
0: this year. Why not just have somebody there that's just a good influence? Yeah. And, uh, look, he can – they can put him at five-eighth alongside Ben Hunt. It probably won't be bad for Hunt's game. Mm. Moses is steady. He's – he can do the basics. That's a bit what you're going to get out of him. And if you need someone to cover fullback, um, he can do that, I guess, as well. And so you're pretty much – he's safe. Yeah. That's all he is. He's safe. He's not going to be a game-winner. No. Um or a game changer. He's just safe. But yeah, I I think they picked him up more for what he's going to provide off the field more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And they need that big time. So yes, so so bad. Um the Panthers with Dylan Edwards. You know you're you're pretty clear about how much you were you'd you'd be able to swap Dylan Edwards out. You were pretty clear on that all last year. Till we found out just after the grand final that he spent most of the year playing injured. Did that change your perception of him much at all? No. <laughs> no. Do you think he's going to be better improved now that he's fully fit?
1: No. No. I think that when you're big, when somebody when somebody says what was the big highlight of your season, and it's like, well, I played terribly, but I was injured. I'm sorry. Like this is a Panthers team that is unbelievable in most parts. You know they've got very good outside backs, very good centers, incredible halves. One of one of the best performing forward packs I've ever seen. More depth than most clubs can dream of, and we've got a fullback who is reserve grade on his best day. You know, so, on his very on his very best day, he is he is a real worry under the high ball. So if you were to
0: drop him today. Yes. Who goes to fullback? You can can only go from who's playing at the Panthers. Because I'm going to say this. I thought when Crichton went there, he was barely any better. I I would would have Stephen Crichton, and I'll tell you why. Because
1: Crichton hasn't played much fullback there. But once he gets a little bit of football under his belt, I think he is going to be a ridiculously good player. And I think as a fullback, he would become... One of those elite fullbacks. I think he's going to be an elite centre. I think that if you filled out, you could probably play him in the back row, and he'd end up being a bloody good back rower. I just think he's one of those athletes. Um, he's explosive. He's powerful. He's got good evasions, evasive skills, things like that, and he can find the try line too. Um, I think. I think that. I think today Stephen Crichton is double the player as a fullback purely than Dylan Edwards is. I think Edwards is terrible under the high ball. I think he runs the ball back from kick chases, barely harder than bloody uh, Gutherson at Parramatta. I don't think his his, uh, ball playing skills are that great. I just think he doesn't offer much in attack. His defense is, you know, average. And under the high ball, we always think he's going to drop it. Would Talon May make a future fullback? Look, I don't know. I I just think that I think that a premiership winning club like the Panthers should be looking for better at fullback. It's our worst position by miles, by absolute miles. Then they just hmm. resign him to a longer deal. Like, you know, I I can't wait until we get Dane Laurie back. <laughs> <laughs> Steady.
0: <laughs> you might have to wait two years for that. <laughs> um, who got next? Oh, speaking of Garthson, who went next?
1: Dylan Edwards. You tell me what you think of Dylan Edwards.
0: I think he's a winger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's a, he's a solid enough winger. That's about it. I, I think um, Kayla Bacon was the one I should have kept.
1: Yeah, and he went down to Canberra, I believe he mm. didn't get a little bit more footy down at Canberra once Samson cut his hair off and started getting injured.
0: It's it's an interesting one. I I I just thought Akins looked more like a genuine fullback. His kick returns were far better. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and he looked he looked safer under the high ball.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Edwards just looked like a standard winger.
1: Well, the thing is, too, Penrith had a, a few young blokes to choose from. They went with Edwards. Um, there was a there was a point there where Edwards started getting a few games under his belt, and I think a lot of it had to do with just injuries and things like that to the others, and he just ended up getting the reps, and so they stuck with him. I just I don't rate Edwards at all. I really don't.
0: All right, Well, we'll see how he goes this year. Yeah. Um. Gutherson at Parramatta. I've said all along, if he's got any position that he plays in the team, it's a Mm -hmm. 5'8". Because, yeah, I'll say this. He's got better under the high ball, but he still doesn't look like a proper fullback. His kick returns are dawdles. Yep. Um, He's just lucky he's got Michael Seaver, who will literally run through buses on a kick return. Mm -hmm. And um, they've picked up Bailey Simonson from the Raiders, who's a very good runner of the ball as well. So, Gutherson will just, you know, catch the kicks downtown and just palm it off to one of those two units and let them do all the hard work. Which, let's be honest, it kind of works for them, that method, because, you know, three quarters of the season, Mitchell Moses is pedestrian, and so Gutherson has to play as a five-eighth anyway, so you can't have him burn himself up doing kick returns. That's
1: a good point. I also feel as though towards the end of last
0: year, they.
1: Got somebody had a word to Gutherson and said, listen, dude, if you go around yelling at your teammates, they're not going to like you. And I feel as though towards the end of the year, he chilled with a lot of that stuff. Gutherson which, or Moses? Gutherson. Gutherson. Okay. I thought it was Moses yelling at his teammates. No, nah, well, G- Moses does, but he only does it when he's, he's really pumped and fired up. And that's like the first six weeks of the season. And then he goes, missing. <laughs>
0: So <laughs> I I, re- I produced a stat actually on Twitter today about Parramatta. Yeah, what was it? Um along the, line, along the lines of uh in the last three seasons combined, Parramatta has uh lost just five of their opening twenty four games of the season. So that's rounds one to eight. Yeah. But they've lost four of their six finals games in the same period. Yeah, that's interesting. They start the season on fire? Mm-hmm. And they finish like shit. Yeah, they fizzle out pretty good.
1: Um, yeah, I, I, I just feel with Gartherson, he he took a little bit of a step back from a lot of the verbaling at his teammates, and that's a good thing. You know, it, it's not Team Gutherson. it's it's Parramatta Eels, and uh, you know, it, it's he's not he's not the sort of play like if say if James Tedesco was doing what he was doing yelling at his teammates when they'd done something not great. You know, then that's different. But Clint Gutherson shouldn't be doing that, especially when he would make a mistake and he'd just have a laugh about it. <laughs> I, I think that must have rubbed a lot of Parramatta players the wrong way.
0: Yeah. Um, the problem, too, with Parramatta is if Gutherson gets injured, who replaces him? Yeah, because you couldn't play Sevo at fullback. Imagine um, the kick returns
1: though. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> no would, I just don't even want to think about it because it's like a crime against humanity. You know? <laughs> <With Pete. laughs>
0: the police would be sitting on the sideline with cuffs, looking at him going, you know, wagging the finger. No, 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 no. Yeah.
1: No deaths today. A, I hope he has an injury-free season. He was really hampered last year by injuries. Yeah. And it slowed him down. I just hope that he's he's injury-free this year and, we can see him open up again and start bulldozing everyone, because I love watching him play. He's and just so amazing.
0: For Parramatta, what they need more than anything else is for Moses to back his running game. Yes, 100 he starts he starts every season. Right, his running game is on fucking point, and they are destroying teams. Mm-hmm. And then he'll come up against one team, and they'll shut him down for the game. He's like, oh, right, we'll put that in the back pocket. We won't use that again because it didn't work. And going, no, no, no. He's got to get through that because... The minute he puts his running game away, Parramatta's attack becomes one-dimensional. They still win games, but they're all hard slogs. Remember Mm -hmm. watching the Sharks about that, you know, the two or three years before they got to their uh, 2016 premiership, and you watched them play, and every single game was an ugly grind, and they won like 14-16 every fucking week. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And if they didn't win 14-16, they were losing 14-16. It's just... There was nothing inspiring about the play. It was just this groaning, horrible football. It doesn't it doesn't instill the team with confidence. It's like, oh, we got away with that one. And then you do it next again next week. Oh, we got away with that one. And that's all they're doing. Um they've they've got to fix that attitude. And they've got to get Moses just run. Fucking run, man. First option, run. Then think sideways and passing, but you've got to run first, man, all season long.
1: I would say to him to think like a hooker, you know, always be forget passing the ball, always be looking for lazy defenders and, 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 players that are out of position defensively and don't worry about the playmaking. Let Deline Edwards worry about that because the best thing Moses can be is that ball runner. You know, um, Nathan clear is a really good example of that. He's he's a really good ball runner in that sense. And, you know, I, I think Mitchell Moses could learn a lot by watching Nathan Cleary's game because if, you know, Cleary just thinks run most of the time and yeah. he makes so many meters, he's such a good ball runner. We're very lucky to have him.
0: The other thing Cleary's got going for him too is the fact that he knows when to run. Yeah. He's, he's not a selfish ball runner. That's no. the difference. Um, but Moses has speed. Uh, and he's got a good step on him too. So he needs to be taking that ball to the line before he does anything else. But too often when he's when the form starts to slide, he just goes, he just drifts right. Mm-hmm. And then he, if he can't find a link runner to take a hospital pass from him, he then just kicks to the corner. He's so fucking just irritating to watch. I don't know how Parramatta fans watch, but I when I watch Moses play, you watch what he does in the first six, seven, eight weeks of a game and how he just tears teams apart. And you're going, this guy this guy could play test football. Mm. And then three weeks later, you watch him going, who the fuck's this clown? Yeah. Why is he in first grade? How can you be so rocks and diamonds with the way you play?
1: And it'd Um, be timed for how the season goes.
0: Yeah. It it kills the Parramatta's attack completely. It really does. So, for Parramatta's sake, they need Moses to start running more often. I'd probably go up to him and say, yeah, you know what? Luke Brooks runs more than you. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> mm. yeah, That's a a yeah. That's a if you don't start running the ball for anymore we're going to replace you with Chad Townsend oh th- come on now you've got to draw a line somewhere it's got drink water
1: <laughs> <laughs> Matt Daylight okay who's next <laughs> on that list
0: well just happens to be the Cowboys oh man they've probably got the, the best pair to cover fullback, though, in in the competition. Because they've got... They're they're going to be starting the season with Hamato tabuai fidow at fullback. Yeah. He is very good. And if he gets injured, Valentine Holmes can slip in there. I know you don't rate Holmes, but he's a very good kick returner, and he's very safe under the high ball. And of all the things the fullback needs to be, those are the two things at the top of the list. Yeah, look, tabuai Fido. He,
1: he really took a step last year, which was really interesting to see. Because there's sometimes the, the, uh, the Cowboys have wingers that they look like they've got a bit of something, but then it just fizzles out a little bit, you know? Uh, and he went the other way. It's going to be really interesting to see how he plays. And if he can make that fullback spot his own, um, he might push for an origin fullback spot. Like if Ooh. he keeps developing, you know. I really don't rate Valentine Holmes as a fullback at all. I think he's been a disaster for them.
0: Oh, he has been, but the 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 way the Cowboys had their team structured did not suit the way he played the game. Holmes mm. works as a good fullback if you've got two genuine good playmakers at six and seven. But when he came to the club, they didn't have either of that. Mm-hmm. You know, Morgan was there, but he was injured so much and out of form when he got back that it meant that, how Holmes, at fullback, then had to start doing playmaking duties, and he's not that sort of a fullback. No. He's your strong ball-running fullback who can finish a playoff by running in as an extra man, you know, wraparounds, that sort of thing. Um, and he can throw a pass late. That's pretty much all he's got in his game. But it works, and he knows how to score a try. So he's a that's the sort of fullback he is. He chimes into the back line. He doesn't create opportunities, so to speak. Well, it's but he's in- forced into that role.
1: Well, it's interesting that, like, You have different sorts of players. You have, like, in terms of fullbacks, yeah, your finishers who, like, and and then you have your ones that are more like playmakers. The very elite ones can do both. Yeah. Um, A James Tedesco, like, he could do both. Billy Slater could do both. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I just think that Holmes... You know, I, I feel like he's – you look at him and you think, I want him to be an elite fullback. I see all of the parts of his game, and I think to myself, there's no reason he can't be an elite fullback. But for whatever reason, he's just not a fullback.
0: He doesn't have the playmaking skills. That's yeah. all it is. So when you watch him, he looks basic. But you look at his kick returns. For a guy who's he's – not, he's not built like James Tedesco. He's pretty no. slight, but build. But his kick returns are fearless. He runs it back hard every time. He doesn't dawdle back like Gutherson. He runs it back hard. Um, he knows how to score a try. They're pretty, pretty key things. So I think he's he, he is a handy enough fullback, but he needs to have the right spine around him. And he had, didn't have any of that at the Cowboys.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So when they brought him in there, they should have just said, you know what, we're going to put you on the wing. But they knew if they'd have said that, he would have said, fuck you, I'm going somewhere else where I can get a million dollars a year. Yeah. So they bit the bullet and took what they could. Um, So now they've got a million-dollar centre. He's barely ever played there. And so the problem they're going to have with Holmes this year is that um, he's going to have to start doing more defence than he's ever done in his life. And we don't know how he's going to handle that role out, out wide because he's never been in that situation. He's always been on the wing or at fullback where you might have to make three tackles a game. Mm-hmm. And you've got, you know, either the sideline or other players come across to help you. So it's it's a lot easier defending when you're a winger, but when you're at centre, you've got to make those tackles one on one, and they're often against another second row or another centre. And most to say, of them are going to be, most oops. of them are going to be bigger than Holmes. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's interesting how that's going to work. The, the Cowboys, though, though, this year, when you look at it, it's a mess. Yeah, it. it
1: it feels a little bit West Tigersy, where just it's all kind of thrown together a little bit. I kind of look at it and go, it looks worse. Well, I look. I think they're going to be one of the three worst teams in the comp, um, and there's just nothing you can really point to and say. Well, at least there's this on the horizon. It's, I mean, they just signed a really, really old halfback for big money on a decent, like decently long contract. In uh, in uh, Chad Townsend, so I don't know. It's not even as though you can look at them and say, well, they're building for the future or anything like that.
0: I think they did. I think they got Townsend purely because they needed someone in the halves who has a kicking game, and Mm -hmm. Townsend has at least that. Mm -hmm. And so they're thinking of we need to get back to the most basic of basics and build up from there, which is the right thing to do. But there's a lot. There's a lot of problems with that team. A lot of problems. Yeah. I don't know how they go about fixing it. They they need to do a proper rebuild, but I think they've got too many players on contracts, you know, past this year, which are going to make it a bit hard. So they've just sort of got to bide their time until they can do it. Yeah, it feels like this is, if you're going to do a rebuild, it feels like this is just a year of putting mm-hmm. it off. Yeah, pretty much. Um. Don't be surprised if they put Tom Malolo in the proper rotation instead of at lock. Yeah. Fucking nuts. Anyway, um, next is the Knights. This is tricky because, mm. in my opinion, they've got very little option other than to have Ponga 5-8. Yes, I agree. Uh, which means Tex Hoy, who played fullback a fair bit last year, and he did pretty well there. He will then become their fullback. But given that Ponga is pretty pretty bloody good at, at fullback, it's it's hard to want to take him away from that. But um, I think the Knights are struggling for creativity in the halves. Mm-hmm. Ponga showed in his first origin game that he can handle the defensive workload. Remember they played him at lock or something? Yeah, they he played never, him somewhere weird, eh? Yeah, he'd never played the forwards in his life. They put him at lock. Come off and he just tackled his his ass off the whole time. He didn't get to do anything in attacking; he was just making tackles, and he's fine. He's um, at the same position
1: that South would bring Benji Marshall in when they'd have three halfbacks. Yes, yeah, and uh, you know it, it, he'd get through a lot of defence, but he, that extra playmaker was, it, you know, it, it's hard to handle, especially when it's a classy playmaker. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, look, when it comes to Tex Hoy. I know there's some pretty good raps on, on him and stuff, and I just don't see it
0: personally. Yeah, well, I I see the potential there. Yeah, he's only young. So, and I can I think he's only going to get better. He mm-hmm. hasn't hasn't had a chance yet to, you know, properly nail down the position. He's he's just been a feeling player at this stage. So he's it hasn't been um, helpful for him, I guess, development wise yet. But I think this year, if they put him at one and Ponga at six, I think we'll see him come all in, in leaps and bounds. The only other option is to put Gagai at fullback. See, Gagai would go
1: well. You know, he, he's going to get the job done. You know, he's not going to mess up and stuff like that. I think he's, he's probably a better option. But at the same time, when you look at the timeline of this Knights team, you would probably want a younger player. You probably want somebody that you're looking towards the future with. And, you know, Gagai, I feel like, is the sort of player you get him and you're like, okay, we've we got a centre winger who can play origin level footy and we don't have to worry about that. Whereas if you're playing him at fullback, I don't know, I feel like there's a development opportunity missed there for the Knights. But I don't really know what they're aiming for this year because in reality, they should be aiming for a top six spot. But I don't think they've got the talent for that. I honestly think they're going to really have to struggle to make the finals at all. And if that's the case, like after all their rebuilding over all these years, that's a really bad season. You know, if
0: they miss the finals, it would be a disaster for them. I think... I think it's easy to look at the fact that they made the finals this year and think that they had a good season. But their defense went backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, like they considered five points more per game in 2021 than they did in 2020. And when you consider that the ninth-place Sharks, 10th-place Canberra, and 11th-place Dragons all had a better points difference than the Knights, and all it would have taken was for the Knights to have one loss and all of those three teams that have one win, and the Knights finish eleventh. Mm. And then you start looking at it going, yeah, okay, they're not really one of the top seven teams. They're just in that bunch between seven and eleven, and that's kind of where they belong. Yeah, yeah, and they kind of—it
1: it really was a wet sail finish to their year last year, where they—they they were the team, and you knew they weren't going to do anything in the finals. Um, but yeah, I I feel as though like I could see the knights the knights really easily finishing like tenth or something, you know it, it it wouldn't take much for it to go that way. Say they miss they they miss Ponga for you know six to eight games, which isn't unreasonable when you look at his injury record. Uh, you could see them like man down in like I, I wouldn't be shocked if they
0: finished like twelfth even. Well, I That's, think they're gonna have. Um... Jaden Braley, I think, is going to be out for the first few weeks as well. and I think he's
1: got a, an Achilles injury. And he, Yeah. I'd be shocked if he played this year, especially being a hooker. Like, that's was, a bad injury, for, especially for an explosive runner like him at a hooker.
0: And he was a big, big player for him last year. He, he had a good season. Mm-hmm. um, And they might have to drop back to Kurt Mann at hooker. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big drop back from from the um, the quality of the Braley-Bringer at hooker. Um, and losing Braley means there's more playmaking pressure put on the halves.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's going to be a tough one, but I suppose we can be sure that Adam O'Brien will say sorry every week. <laughs> it, it's on and, me. It's on me. The, the first eight weeks of
1: the, the season at halftime, we'll throw a bunch of shit around the room expecting to get some something out of his club. And then he'll get to the end of the year and wonder why they stopped listening to him.
0: I'm sure what he might even do is go, you might see him just sneak off 10 minutes early so he can set up all of the stuff to kick in the <laughs> dressing room. And he gets down there and you just go, is the camera on me? Right, start kicking shit.
1: Well, he has to do it himself because you don't want to get like some vindictive backroom staffer who puts out like bottles and stuff around. And then one day they just put like a, and Esky, and fill it with bricks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he just steps his ankle off.
1: <laughs> Crunch. Fuck.
0: Imagine that. That would be nasty. Yeah. Melbourne Storm. Obviously, they're going to have in at fullback. Yes. Um, I suppose Xavier Coates could probably cover there, too, if they needed it. Um, we know Munster can play can play uh fullback. Even Jerome Hughes, I think, has played a yeah. bit of fullback in his time yeah, as well. So they are covered pretty well there. Yeah. They it's weird to think like
1: your first my first thought with with the uh, the storm is like, oh, they they haven't quite got the depth they had last year at full back and then, then yeah you start looking into it and it's like uh,
0: you know, they're fine. <laughs> One player they've got there as well who I think made his debut last year but he didn't really play much was Tyron Wishart. He's the son of Rod Wishart. All oh, right, And And um, there's been reports suggesting that he's done an awful lot of um, exclusive one-on-one training in the off-season, and a lot of it with Billy Slater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wishart came to the club as a 5'8". The fact that he's been doing a lot of training with Billy Slater suggests that he may be um, replacing the role that Nico Hines had there where he was basically the backup fullback, but could slot in in the halves um, if need be. Yeah. So I dare say that's probably what they're going to do there. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we hear a bit more about Wishart through the season as well. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't heard
1: about him at all. That's uh, that's really exciting, actually. Um, you just hope that Pappenhausen you know, has got a decent off-season. His uh, concussion issues have settled a little bit because that really took the wind out of his sails quite a lot and that the break has, has really got him fit and ready for the start of the year because... Before that concussion, he was just unbelievable. Like Ah, I mean, oh, he really was. It was yeah. it was like a Billy Slater esque in terms of it was almost as though there was a play that was on fast forward <laughs> that would come into the back line, you know? Um and so it's he's just one of those plays that you love seeing play the game. I really, really hope he has a, a good injury free season this year. I
0: no, fully agree, fully agree. Uh, next is Manly. Well, as I said, you know, Tommy Turbo, crap. <laughs> <laughs> that was um, that was one hell of a season last year.
1: Well, think about it. if he had set if he had sixty percent of the season he had last year, you would say, damn, he had a really good year this
0: year, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like that's how good it was. I. People, I don't think people understand that if you look back through history, there are certain seasons where you just go, there's just one player who was so far and above what they've done previously and the rest of the competition that it stands out mm. and is remembered forever. It's just been one of those seasons where, remember that season where Tommy Turbo just destroyed everyone? Mm. People will always remember that. But, and I'm talking, these, there's not many seasons like this. Dave Brown in 1935 is like the benchmark. Mm-hmm. And for a fullback, it's one of the best seasons a fullback's ever had in the game. Yeah. Billy like- Slater had a great career. Yeah. But he never had one season that stood out like this one did for Tom Travorvich. He was just on a completely different plane for this season. It's just a shame we didn't get him for the whole year. We only got him for eighteen games. Mm-hmm. Imagine what he had to have done, what he could have done. He had played played twenty, twenty four there was a there, there
1: was a season, and I don't remember it by Phil Blake, where he had a, a ridiculous season out
0: of nowhere. Eighty three. It, it was eighty three. That's yeah. What he scored Twenty seven tries for Manly. Trbovic yeah. broke it this year with twenty eight, or last year. That's crazy. It's uh,
1: yeah. There's every so often there's just one of those seasons which is ridiculous. I think the ones that, and they probably weren't at that sort of historic level where you can just look at pure stats and see, but. Like Brett Mullen's season in '94 uh, was
0: pretty yeah. unbelievable. That was crazy. Well, that's the only one I can think of. You know, the in other recent one, times that matches what he did.
1: I feel as though the uh, it was a couple of seasons ago. Now the season Tom Malolo had, where he was he, like he kept on breaking the record for. Remember, he kept on breaking the record for the most meters gained by a forward. Yeah, that yeah. was kind of ridiculous as well. Yeah,
0: those, those are the ones you look at. Locke, that would have been the year to make the Grand not it? That was another one. Yeah. Ben Benji in the twenty ten, twenty, two thousand and nine, that sort of region. hmm God damn. Peter certainly yeah. in two thousand and six.
1: Who? Don't you remember Peter Jorgensen? Peter Jorgensen. <laughs> oh boy. He he. <sighs> He tried to run the the ball back hard. He tried. He tried. His spirit was willing, but his body just wasn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like, nah, not today, mate. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was a it was a special season. Um, hopefully. Um his body is now getting to the stage where it's able to handle week in, week out NRL action and he starts to play more and more games instead of less and less games. Yeah, fingers crossed. It's weird that his brother just
1: doesn't miss games. Yeah, but he is so injury prone, and you can like they're built very different to one another. You can see yeah. that. I tell you what, he's got a younger brother too. I don't know what position he plays, but uh, I call... Ben is the center. Okay, because I called him in the lower grades, and I did this is a couple of years ago now, and uh, you could just see he's going to be a first grader. You could see back then. Like, he yeah. probably could have slipped into a first-grade squad on the wing and you wouldn't have lost too much. And he was—he must have been 16 or something at the time. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he comes into the side and how he's developed as an athlete. Because if he ends up getting a start at fullback um, when his brother is injured, I just think it would be interesting to see how that would turn out.
0: Yeah. Again, another different body shape too, but, uh, yeah, he's uh, huge reps on him. Huge mm-hmm. reps. Look, when I saw him play,
1: if if it wasn't a Trubojevic, I would have been like, man, any club should sign this dude right now. You yeah. know He was just one of those players, but you knew he wasn't going to end up anywhere else but Manly because of his brothers. So,
0: yeah. That's right. Yeah, next is the Titans. And... It's- yeah, well, the problem the Titans have got is Jamal Fogarty left mm-hmm. and they didn't actually go and sign anyone to replace him. So I think what they're going to do, I'm only going off a few training videos and stuff or training pitches that I've seen. I think they're going to run with rookie Toby Sexton at uh, halfback. Brimson will be eight, and Jaden Campbell will be fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Campbell is more than ready for it. He, we saw him play last year, make his debut, and what took him half a game? Yeah, and he just he was fine. He's absolutely and it's fine. Inter- it's interesting because
1: he's a really slight player, but the physicality of first grade, he just seemed to handle it really well. That's crazy. He's actually six foot tall. Yeah, that is interesting. Cause what was his dad was about five six, I reckon.
0: <laughs> five, <laughs> five. He was just five. <laughs> he's just five. Preston was was yeah, very small player. But uh, God, he was hard to he's hard to catch. Mm. And I mean this in the in the nicest way possible. When I want to think of um, you know big lumbering forwards in the early two thousands trying to catch Preston Campbell <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: with the way the game was then, it's kind of like watching Rocky trying to catch a chicken. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, he was such I mean he powered the Panthers to their premiership in two thousand. Right. Love Preston Campbell, man. Such a good player. But and his, his son, like I think his son's gonna fill out a little bit, but not too much. Like I still yeah. think he's gonna be a slight player, a little bit like Troboyovich at fullback. But there was just something about the way that Jaden was playing. Um he he seemed to it was almost as though he avoided the thing that a lot of young players get where they get, you know, bashed up by the bigger players in the NRL at NRL level, just because yeah. of his ability to evade the contact a little bit, you know?
0: it's like, um you know, evolution at its best because he's, he looks a lot like, and, and the playing style looks a lot like his old man, mm. but he's got a slightly bigger frame to go with it. Yeah, yeah. Just, it, it just seems freakish
1: and it's weird to think that the Titans, I mean, Brimson has played fullback for Queensland and very well as well. Yeah. A series at fullback for them, um, you know, to be able to move him if they need and have Campbell at fullback. I mean, it says a lot about Campbell and, 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 you know, where his future's going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the majority of their spines looking pretty set that way. Mm-hmm. Um, bit of pressure on Sexton, though, being a rookie, have to steer around, um, especially that pretty pretty impressive forward pack. Yeah. And a somewhat unimpressive three-quarter line. Can, can you name the wingers and centers for the Cowboys? Kelly? Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm trying to think. I almost said David Mead. I don't think he's played there for 10 years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. It's probably gonna be Corey Thompson, Patrick Herbert, Brian Kelly, Philip Sammy.
1: Philip Sammy's the one I would have missed. Because cause Anthony Don retired. Mm.
0: Um it's a solid I'll be kind. A solid yeah. three quarter line. You know but what it is? It's solid,
1: but sometimes really badly flawed.
0: Yeah, I'd say solid and almost safe. But yeah. that's not what you kind of want from your three-quarter line. You need some sort of X factor in there, and they don't really have it.
1: Just on just on Campbell, do you think that in a couple of years, he's going to be a five-eighth?
0: Um, I don't know, I reckon they might just keep him at fullback. Okay. Because he's still young. I think they'll keep him at fullback because it takes the defensive pressure away from him.
1: Do you think that his future is at 5.8? I
0: don't know. I feel like he's going to be a 5.8. I think which... he could. He could. I think he'll have the ball skills to handle it. Yeah. But man, if he carves up at fullback, I don't think they'll move him from there. Yeah. What would you?
1: Because Preston? Preston was a, a a fullback, and then he was moved into the halves, and he started carving it up.
0: Wasn't yeah. he? A, wasn't he in the halves first at? at Cronulla, and then went to fullback when he went to Penrith? Or do I get that the wrong way around?
1: See, in my head, because remember he was, he, he in my head, and I might be getting this wrong, but he started up, he had to go at fullback, and then he moved into the halves under John Lang at, at Cronulla, and he had that awesome season Um, at where he won the Dally M, I believe, didn't he?
0: Yeah, and then the Sharks got rid of him. And then the
1: Sharks got rid of, no, then the Sharks got rid of John Lang and Chris Anson come in. And and Preston Campbell was in a Chris Anderson of player, and then no. Preston moved to Penrith. John Lang puts him in the halves again, and and the rest is history. But I feel like Preston started out in first grade as a fullback. But I could be wrong about that. I'll I'll look it up. If only there was a place where we could do it. I know if there was some sort of ongoing project <laughs> about
0: rugby league, <laughs> an ongoing project. Yes. <laughs> oh, right. I just realized what's going on. Okay. Um, uh, What season are we talking about here? 2000 and... So it would have been... Four-ish?
1: No, it would have been before that. Two? So
0: he... Yeah. Because he went to Penrith on a Premiership, didn't he? Yeah, in 2003. That's right.
2: Right. Here we go. Preston Campbell. Wing,
0: bench, wing, bench, wing, fullback. Yeah, and then he was halfback. So fullback for three games in 98, halfback in 99, and then moved permanently to the halves in 2001.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Played a bit of hooker in 2002. Yeah, that would have been under um, Anderson. And then, yeah, permanently in the halves from 2003
1: onwards. Yeah, because Anderson. remember Anderson? I think he brought in Camorley. Yeah. And uh, it just, uh, it it was bad. He, like, he, you know, he, he just
0: wasn't an Anderson player. No, and Kamali's style didn't suit what the Sharks were doing at the time. And no. it was a bit of a shame all round because Kamali was a, a very good player. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's a bunch of bad decisions there. It just sort of screwed a few people and players up.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and I
1: think Chris Anderson was trying to play that flat storm Style yeah. of attack, and it was just a the game had moved past that a little bit and uh, quite a bit, <laughs> yeah, So, but yeah, that, like I knew that I knew he'd played some fullback, it wasn't heaps of it, but he he did, he played some fullback anyway. Geez, we got off track on that one, just a little, just a little, <laughs> we haven't
0: got too far because it, it all works in together because they're at Cronulla. okay, and they got William Kennedy at fullback, who's just, I mean, you and me love watching him play. Stunning season last year, too. He just keeps getting like noticeably better every year. Mm. He's mm. brilliant to watch.
1: I, I just, I love that. Uh, I love that he went from being like a handy attacking player to an explosive attacking player. Like he could change the game himself. Yeah. And if he, if he continues to get better from that and how he played last year, um, He's, man, he's going to be a handful because he was so good last year.
0: He's brilliant. Now, I'm going to ask you too. Mm-hmm. completely unrelated to the topic at hand. Mm-hmm. Has any team had a better clean out than the Sharks this year? This is, here's some of the players I got rid of. Yeah. Chad Townsend, Sean Johnson, and not mocking Sean Johnson, but he did get a, few, a bit of injury plagued and he wasn't cheap. Yeah. Aaron Woods. Josh Dugan, Will Chambers.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. It's weird they brought in Will Chambers to begin with, to be honest. But <laughs> that what a fucking stupid idea that was. Especially given um, how much Chambers hated the Sharks when he was at the Storm. Yeah, yeah, and he played like it too. <laughs> oh, he did. It's like he had unfinished business all season. Yeah, it's like he never, he never did more. He did never did more against the Sharks than he did when he played for them. That's um, right. Yeah, that's a bloody good clean-out. A lot of dead wood gone there. Uh, yeah, Makes you wonder why it took so long to get to that point where they had to get rid of them all at once. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Sharks go over all this year. You know, Fitzgibbon is another one of these anointed, next-greatest coaches ever, and that always worries me because not one of those guys have ever worked out yet. So no. we'll see. But we'll see how it goes. They should have a, a pretty good year, I think.
0: They're going to have an interesting... Spine, because Blake Braley, I, I I rate him very highly in yeah, attack. Mm-hmm. i still got a bit of work to do in his defense because, you know, he's a bit bit of a smaller build. Uh, William Kennedy, obviously an absolute star at fullback. But then you've got Nico Hines, who is a very, very good ball player, but hasn't really played in the house for the best part of the last 18 months. And it looks like Braden Trindle should be the halfback, who's comfortable in the role. The minute he walked on the field and had to play his first game, he looked like that he was happy taking control of the team. And that's what you want from a seven. But there's a whole heap of new combinations that have got to be made up between Hines and the rest of his spine and also his outside players. And that I don't know how long that's going to take. Yeah, and I, I think
1: that the thing there is that Hines is the key to all of that because to go into that Storm side, and he was playing a, a funny sort of position where he would go from – you know, he'd play fullback, but then at times he would come off the bench and almost be, once again, that like third playmaker almost in the side. Um, it's a lot easier to do at the Storm where you've got a coach that is the best in the game and he kind of gets his place to do exactly what he wants them to do. To do that in a less structured side uh, under a new coach in a new environment, hopefully it works out for him. If it works out for him, they'll be fine but I could also see where it takes some time for him to settle in.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a bit a bit quiet initially. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Sharks fans should get too excited about him early on because he's got to obviously get used to all the different structure stuff. The, the Sharks do and have long had a tradition of having very strong forward packs, and that's not any different this year. Um, he will be helped by having Wade Graham fully fit and back playing as well. I mean, we all know he's basically a, a 5 5'8", but built like a brick shit house. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's handy to have out there as well. Uh, so Hines is not going to have too much pressure on him, which will be a huge benefit. But um, there will be an expectation that he starts taking control of a lot of the playmaking on at least one side of the field anyway, once the season gets, you know, gets into full swing, I'll say. Yeah, and
1: I think that needs to be a development in his game too because at the Storm, he was almost at the sort of play that would run off of the back of a lot of that structured uh, play that was put in by the half and the hooker. And he co- kind of was able to use his running game a lot, whereas at the Sharks, they're going to need him to be a, a bit more of a playmaker. So we'll see how he develops in that part of his game. I think he can do it, but it's uh, it is going to take development. I don't think he's quite there just yet.
0: No. Um, Next is the Bulldogs. I mean, this team looks completely different to last year.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, They've got Matt Dufty at fullback. Yeah, who I think I love what he's done,
1: where he's backed himself. He said, give me one season on an okay amount of money because I'm going to put myself in the window and I'm going to show everyone what I'm worth and then I'm going to get my big deal the following year from somebody, if it's not the Bulldogs I absolutely love that. So I expect him to have a really good year.
0: Yeah, I think he will do too. Um, A Good try scoring fullback as well, which every team needs. And especially the Bulldogs, who have struggled in attack for years now. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when you're chucking Matt Burton, who can play fullback as well. But he's going to be in the halves, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm starting to really like what the Bulldogs have built, especially in the back line.
1: Yeah. It's a like pretty
0: it. impressive back-on they've got.
1: The, th- the only thing that I want, and I really do wonder how it's going to
0: gel. It's got to gel so quickly. Yeah, but, there's a lot of new players in that seven, especially in the run-on side. Yeah. I mean, crazy. it's crazy. It looks like they're going to have um, Braden Burns, Brent Naden, Josh Adokar, Matt Dufty, all in the back five. Only Jaden Okenball will have been there from last year. Mm-hmm. Matt Burton, 5'8" alongside Avarillo. So when you look at your all of your backs, one to seven, only two of them played last season for the Bulldogs. That's Cra- crazy. I, I can't ever remember anything
1: even close to it outside of maybe bringing together the Melbourne Storm in their first year, you know? Yeah.
0: They were from two clubs, basically. Basically, yeah. And so it's crazy to see that they're going to have that going on there. Mm. Um, their four-packers are far more settled. Um, which is good because it means the, the go forward should not change too much. So we just to see how they get that back line to work, though. They've invested quite a bit of money in those Ferraris out the back. Yeah,
1: and I tell you what, if that Ford, and I think the Ford pack will be pretty damn good, but uh, if the Ford pack doesn't fire, there's going to be a lot of money in that back
0: line that just isn't getting utilised. Yeah. Um, next we've got Canberra. Charles Nickel Clockstar will be the fullback there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nick Kotrick's come back to the club after a, a short stint at the Bulldogs.
1: Yep, he has, yep.
0: Um I think he might have actually filled in fullback a few times at the Bulldogs. We've also got Whiten who can cover uh, fullback. Even Fogarty, I think, played a bit of fullback when he was at the Titans, and he's going to be at the Raiders. I do like... Um, the half pairing of Whiten and Fogarty, I think that's going to work pretty well together. It's going to work better than the last half by the partnering they had there with George Williams next to Whiten,
1: yeah, who uh got got homesick and went home with you. Um, you know, Nickel Clogstag, and I can't remember how we're supposed to say his last name again because that changed. I think
0: you're supposed to essentially take the D off the end and change it to an R, so it says Clockstar. Okay. So I think Sha- that's how it's done. Shawn's Nigel Clogstar. Yeah.
1: He uh he you know, when he's at his best, he's a bloody good player. But he's in you know, injuries have just crueled him. They've really cruelled him. Especially to his hair. Yeah, well, as soon as he should never have cut his hair. It's a no. terrible mistake. He's never been the same. Has and, he grown uh, up long, do we know? I don't know. We need to bring up some footage of him. I would hope that his hair is, like, like down his back. If his hair's down his back, put money on him for the Daly
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: The thing is, he he really drives a lot of their attack. And when he's not in that side, they're just, they just – they haven't got much. Then you're really just relying on Whiten's ball running. And when you're re- relying on his ball running last year, you'll get nothing. So – Hopefully that uh, that changes this year.
0: Yes, yes. They also need to get um, Tom Starlin to pull his fucking head in as well. Uh, absolutely gun of a hooker, but acting like a dickhead off the field. It's not helping anyone. Yeah, unfortunately the, the Raiders,
1: and I don't think it's a problem with the Raiders, I just think they've been unlucky in, in having a bunch of people that they've relied on at the club who end up being dickheads.
0: Yeah, it does happen. Um, Who got left? Oh, the Broncos are left. So, I dare say they're going to go with... Um, Tessie Newey will be the fullback.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Unless they decide to go with Jermaine Asako. Um Which is not too bad. Yeah.
1: Asako at times looked pretty good, but damn, his defence and laziness in defence. You can't
0: yeah. have that at fullback. No. Nui's—he's only young, and he has a lot of potential there. It's just when he first came in, I think his first three or four games were in 2020.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He was shaky as hell under the high ball, but he did look better last year. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he's improved even further again, because uh, I think the rest of his game looks pretty good. Uh, I reckon he'll, be, he'll make a pretty handy fullback there. If not, then they can probably try and get and Cobo there and you just have the world's fastest fullback.
1: <laughs> 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 Since
0: Shane Werrick.
1: Um, <laughs> Remember Shane Wearit? Is
0: It's more about a player who was just so average as Shane Ah oh, Remember he was there at the time when they were going on about absolute speed weapons in the in the game. He had uh, a, I'm trying to remember some of the names. Was there one called Ryan Schofield? I don't remember him. Played for Parramatta? There was someone
1: else. Yeah, there was another player. Who was it? Because it was Shane Warrett and somebody else at the, at the exact same time. Uh, it wasn't Scott
0: Petherbridge they used to talk about, was it? Nah. I can't remember. I think, didn't they beat O'Fire in a sprint race, this other person? Oh, that was Lee Odenrein, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's, that's the other one, Lee Odenrein. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well wow, there's some names for you people. I know. Look at us reaching into the dark resources. <laughs> yeah, dark resources. Check those ones out. Yeah. Um yeah, there were, oh, I feel like there was another one because it's it's interesting that there's been this sort of play. like Darren Clark was another one the famous one. Um, ah. <laughs> but then there was remember there was a a player for the the Titans and it it was when they first come back into the Gomp and I can't remember his name. He ended up playing rugby union sevens and he was a, he was pretty good young footy player, but he was just one of those dudes that he was good young footy player and it just didn't translate into a top grade career. Do you remember him? No. Yeah. I can't remember his name now, but he ended up playing rugby union sevens for Australia, I think, which is like park football level. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Was it me? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Reunion 7s is garbage. Um, Yeah, but there's these every so often. Remember when the cast Tigers signed Dwayne Chambers?
0: Who was that?
1: He was a... I believe he was an English sprinter. And uh, he'd been pinged for doing uh, performance-enhancing drugs. And he ended up signing... For the cast for Tigers at one point, he tried oh, to get.
0: I do think I remember that now. Yeah, and I said it
1: was a disgrace, and you know I remember all the Castford fans saying, "Oh, it'll be a big promotion for the game, and people watch the game." Of course, you know, it never is. Um, but yeah, he. I think he didn't play many games at all. I think he maybe played two
0: or something ridiculous. Great career,
2: great career.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much all of the uh, the top line fullbacks for all the clubs. If you had to say the top three fullbacks, who would just pick? Uh, let's see: Tedesco, Tommy Turbo, Latrell Mitchell. Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree. And I, I still think Tedesco's number one. Oh, and, comfortably for me, comfortably.
0: His yeah. leadership last year
1: took him to another
0: level. I reckon.
1: I I agree one hundred percent. I I really, I, last year was like a change from he's a really good player to oh this this guy might be a great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, he seems pretty humble about it all too.
1: Yeah, he does. He does. It's interesting, you know, if you line him up against, say, an Anthony Minicello, who was a really like there is nothing Anthony Minicello was ever asked to do that he didn't do at a ten out of ten. Mm. But. I feel as though Anthony Minicello will not be remembered as one of the great fullbacks in the game.
0: Yeah, because I I don't think he had um, a complete game compared to Tedesco. Mm. I think he was just one of those guys who had a freakishly powerful kick return game. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much what he based a lot of his career on. Man, I've, I've not seen a fullback with better kick returns. Yeah, he was great. He was like a – and he was a strong
1: ball runner too. Yeah, he was like a his leg
0: drive was like a second rower.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Freakish uh, power, man.
1: But it's interesting that I feel like he's – and he accomplished so much. Like it's not like he's not in the record books, you know. Yeah. But I feel as though he's going to be missing fair when you think of the great fullbacks. And I, I it's, it's interesting that that's the case. And I guess some of it is the fact that – Right off the back of well, it was du- his career was basically during Darren Lockyer's career, and Lockyer is one of the greats. But then straight after him, you get a, a Slater and then a um, uh, what's his name? Inglis, and Inglis. played that, who are also all-time
0: greats as well. We also had the unbelievable triscore prowess of Brett Stewart as well that came along at the same time. That's true. So that- you you kind of got you kind of got lost amongst all of that. Mm-hmm. And he came along. You know, we he came along at a time when we just finished a great run of fullbacks. Um, mm. You know, Mullins, Brasher, uh, Belcher. A few years before that, and Gary Jack Jorgensen. Can't forget Jorgensen. <laughs> um. So you know, there was quite a few good ones that were yeah you know, coming to the end of their careers. Then mm. um, Brandy by then had moved to to the halves and. Was no longer put. I always thought he was a better fullback anyway, but mm-hmm. that's just me. Um yeah, it's just uh, he, he sort of was in the right place at the right time, career-wise, uh, to be you know one of the elite fullbacks. But then yeah, that that wave that came in halfway through his career was just next tier stuff.
1: Yeah, and it was next-tier. like all of them at once. And... Yeah. Like, all-time grades.
0: And, look, he held his own against them, but, uh, yeah, they were on another plane
1: mm-hmm.
0: comfortably. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's thorough.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, we're going, We're getting basically back on our normal schedule where we do 27 podcasts a week. Oh, yeah. So, um, I, there's a few episodes we've got lined up for this week, which we'll
0: talk about after the podcast. Just,
1: just let me know. <laughs>
0: Um, so yeah, just yeah, when when you say we, that means you've organised something, and I don't know about <laughs> it yet. Well, we'll have a production meeting afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> work behind the scenes.
1: Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be good fun, and I can't wait for this season. Hey, I'm ready for the footy now. Yeah,
0: we've got we've got a few different plans for this season as well to sort of shake it up, make it a bit more interesting as well. So that's going to be pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely.
0: And um, uh, I was going to say too, um, last. The last episode we did the um the thing on Twitter where we had a quick chat before we started the episode. Oh yes, I don't know what it means, what it was called, but um we will see if we can do that again a few more times. I think that was pretty cool. Yeah, I,
1: we should be able to work it out so that we could do it live on there too, like the podcast. I also got a I, I downloaded a uh, program this week that if I can get it working would be really cool for being able to just. Uh, put the podcast out straight away, rather than having to put it through my um, editing machine. All oh, right. That so, um, but I've got to work on getting it working on my computer to begin with.
0: All this technological, techo talk stuff. I know, right? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I sound impressed. I'll tell you that I sound impressed, but you know, <laughs> fuck to find what he's on about, people. <laughs> Started talking about editing stuff. I was just doing that on where's uh, I need to clean that over there. Well there, is he finished? <laughs>
1: and by the way, our editing consists of adding the song at the start and then pressing like like fucking save if we there's don't
0: any, If there's any podcasting award that we deserve more than anything, it is the least amount of effort put into starting <laughs> up in a podcast episode ever.
1: <laughs> we could like a lot of our podcasts are just a raw file. Like we literally press stop and then save it and then upload that file. So, well,
0: we did that for the best part of three years, really. Yeah, pretty much. We just we take more time now because you put a pretty song at the start.
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I've changed the song. Um, I have you? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll show you what it is after the podcast. <laughs> so everyone will have heard the song before you have heard it, basically. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, I got one more question for you. Yes. Have we had any emails?
1: No. Fucking no. No emails. Like, have we got the laziest listeners in the whole world? No, they uh, just, they just bully us on Twitter. Yeah, pretty much. If Stop you talking to, about this. Hmm, fine. If you go to podcast, you can send us an email, right? Podcast at leaguefreak dot com. Okay. You can send a direct email doing that way. Like, podcast at leaguefreak.com And about any subject you like in the whole world. and can be about anything. Um, A couple of updates, basically, on my life. I bought Ethereum again this week. uh, Back into the uh, crypto. Oh, back on the Ponzi coin. Back back into it, yep. And I also uh, purchased a 3D printer. And we're going to have some things for the podcast listeners that come out of that printer.
0: There we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... uh... Yeah, beware or get excited one of those two Depends exactly i'm not going to give away any anything but just
1: lube up yeah rock solid turds
0: oh, jesus <laughs> nothing like that jesus christ um where can people find us andrew uh, yeah, you can go onto your uh, social media accounts at uh, Instagram and Twitter at Furgo Freak Pod. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, MySpace, so check all those out. Subscribe, like, all that gear. That'd be fantastic. Um, we've also got our own website, Freaky. Yeah, it's called, it's and the Uh It's a web co-
1: website dedicated to our podcast. You can find wow. our episodes there. You can find our guests there. One easy click. You can find our history episodes there as well. All in one easy click.
0: Wow, it's been a while since a
1: history episode. Yeah, we should do one soon, hey? We should. We should. I'll leave it with me. I'll drum. Okay. I'll, I'll drum something up. Okay, you're doing some things behind the scenes too,
0: hey? Yeah. Well, I am now. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. Writing down. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing a note down at the moment on envelope saying. Organise a history episode. I'll lose that that envelope somewhere. Yeah, there we go. It's filed.
1: That's more work than we've done on this podcast for a long time.
0: Exactly. I'll find that in seven months' time. i go,
1: oh, yeah, so I was going to do that. Yeah, we're going to do an episode. I had somebody on uh, Twitter today saying that they were listening to the 1997 episode and they really enjoyed it um so if you want to listen to it's basically we did from 94 through to 97 and it covers the main part of the super league war so it's a pretty good listen if you're interested in the super league war yeah we, we could go on with 98 99 yeah we could yeah because that was definitely part of it and then i guess you would do another one after that which is maybe you know the the first 10 years or so from 2000 2010 and then the the independent commission kicking in stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Oh we could just do every season. Why the hell not? Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. yeah. We'll do that. All right. Well that's that's a few issue episodes sorted out. I can just cross it off the envelope now. Alrighty, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Done. All right. Production meeting over. Sort of. All righty. Well, uh thanks for tuning in everyone. You've sat through the production meeting. Um, you know it's coming up near, so um, no excuse not to tune in. We'll catch
2: you all next time.